Listen to me. I know that it's scary as hell to let another person touch that part of you. But if you do, it's worth it. Now forget everything I just said and dance. Hello and welcome to Series 5 of Unequal Sequel. My name is Dave and I'm one of the two hosts of this very charming podcast. And I'm Rich and I'm the other host of this charming podcast. Think of me as Chewy to Dave's Han Solo. He's smooth, sophisticated and making up his lines as he goes along and I'm really big and hairy. I like it. I miss them. The premise of Unequal Sequel is very simple. We ask our guests their best ever sequel, their worst ever sequel, and finally their dream sequel. And of course, we sometimes drift off and talk about other things, like other movies or just life in general. Bit of a boring bit now. We do like to drop big fat spoilers for movies. Uh, most times they are quite old movies, but if you haven't seen them and you don't want the ruined, go and do your crossword. Go sit on the toilet, do your crossword. Then come back, it'll all be okay, and we can all get on with the episode. Because on today's episode, we are joined by Rihanna Dillon. Rihanna is a brilliant film critic, formerly of Radio 1 and Radio 1 Extra. Uh, You'll now find her on BBC Six Music with Lauren Laverne, or the brilliant Pod Pod Podcast, uh, which is a podcast all about podcasting. Yeah, we're very excited to sit down with Rihanna and chat all things sequels with her. These are Rihanna Dillon's Unequal Sequels. Enjoy! First little question for you, just to get the mind warmed up before the best of. Mm. Uh, can you remember the first sequel you got excited about when you were younger? <laughs> yeah, it was, I think it was The Lion King too. <laughs> Simba's Pride. Brilliant. Simba's Pride. Um, but also Lion King one and a half. Like I remember. Is that the Pumba Timon spin-off one? Yeah, and it's so bad, but we were quite excited about the idea of it until um, until we saw it. Uh, but yeah. but but Lion King two is an absolute banger of a movie. I loved that, and I was so in love with Kovu, who plays the you know the bad boy, the bad boy lion. I, I still haven't seen this film. Have you and, not? <laughs> oh, no, it's it's come up Good. quite often as a first ones or dreams and worse. Someone's really hated it before. Um, <laughs> what? But, but... Unbelievable. <laughs> Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> but isn't there like a, it doesn't, Scar's long lost son turn up or is that complete rubbish? Yeah, I think Kobe is his son, isn't it? Or is Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think that's who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a cub that looks like Scar. And obviously yeah, that's Kobe. Oh, and you fancied him. Yeah, he doesn't, he's not like thin and mangy like, like Scar is. He's, he's pretty, he's pretty, he's pretty hot for a lion. All right. <laughs> so what's the storyline what what happens in what's the difference between one and a half and two oh so one and a half is a retelling of one but from the perspective of timon and pimba it's like they sort of narrate it which considering they are is kind of from their perspective at points in the first one is odd yeah yeah that is weird i've not i've not seen that one (laughs) did two come out before one and a half then yes i think so I can't I remember. I I haven't I haven't done a huge amount of research into this. This is, I'm just going by what my no, like, no, that's, that's twelve my year old fault. self remembers. <laughs> I'm gonna have a look. So was this a, a straight to DVD job? Was this watching this yes, at home? Absolutely was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Was that a, like mm-hmm. a treat or something you baked your parents for, or was that kind of a? No, I think I'm trying. What have you found? What year it came out? Yeah. Okay. What year was it? Uh, well, okay, one and a half was two thousand and four. Okay, so I was, I was fifteen then. So I think me and my friends, who we were all like massive Disney nerds, and one of them especially loved The Lion King, just like almost. I mean, you think I've got a problem with fancying the one of the lions from? She was just <laughs> like it was her personality was The Lion King. So out of everyone, she was probably the most excited about this. So I think we all sat down and watched it together. Like as fifteen-year-olds, which is not—it's not. not a I don't bit, think that's any shame because at university when we were twenty-one, I think we had a big night of watching the Lion King one and a half as well. Uh, I didn't. Uh... I missed that one. <laughs> I think we were all were like, "Oh, this sounds brilliant!" It's like told from the Timon and Pumbaa, the best people. Uh, yeah. Simba's Pride is nineteen ninety-eight. 
So, right, yeah, that was more normal. That was like fine. Yeah. I was nine. It's okay to fancy a lion at that point. Like, oh yeah, I mean, everyone fancied the fox from Robin Hood, so that's yeah, that's know. I've heard that a lot. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did you not? Were you guys not into Maid Marion? No, no, I can't remember having any inappropriate animal crushes. <laughs> I didn't really, <laughs> didn't really. It's weird register. how it's our like entry into like <laughs> yeah. like movie stars. It's the animals first. <laughs> What about you, Dave? Did you have any inappropriate animal crushes when you were a kid? I don't think so. I mean, the caramel bunny was always up there, right? Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, just Jessica Rabbit. That's, that's a cartoon. I was going to say, not... surely. Cartoon, but she is a person rather than an animal, though, right? So a bit more kind of and deliberately, yeah. like, sexy. Because she's like... married to Roger Rabbit. That's what, what she's got the other surname. Choices? I mean, Muriel from... Um, what's it? No, what's the Little Mermaid? That was half. What did you call her? Muriel. <laughs> Muriel. You were there. Are you get, are you getting the Little Mermaid and Muriel's wedding mixed up here, mate? <laughs> I think so. What? Ariel. I think of Ursula. <laughs> no, I was trying to say uh, Ariel. Ariel. No, you were Ariel, definitely trying yeah. to say Ursula. The sea witch. <laughs> yeah, she is my type. Um, I'm trying to think what other sexy cartoon characters there were in that time, but I can't really think of any. Especially animals. I mean, this is a weird conversation. I mean, you should probably move on quite fast, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I can't. (laughs) I'm all good. So, was it like a DVD or VHS find Simba's two, or was it like um... VHS? Yeah, definitely VHS. And it's interesting, isn't it? Like all all of the ones. I don't know about you guys. Like all of the the kind of films that I had on VHS as a child, absolutely obsessed with. You know, rewatch, rewatch, and you know, they're just intrinsically now a part of my makeup that if I rewatch mm. them, it's, I know them off by heart and I've even yeah, been yeah. years. And, but then there were so many that obviously you didn't, you know, didn't have all of the Disney films on VHS or those kids films or, or like Spielberg particularly. Um, and so that I came to much later and it's kind of weird how I've had to grow to like those. Like it hasn't just been like an immediate love, for example, of certain things I've had to really like, Oh yeah, okay. I see why everyone loves this, but it's not like an immediate burning passion for them in the same way that I kind of have for those ones that were out on VHS at the time when I was growing up. <laughs> so, like, you talk about your like cinematic awakening there. Like, I've got yeah. a friend who recently watched The Goonies, and he was like, "It's rubbish." Yeah. I was like, Wash your mouth out. It is. <laughs> it is brilliant. This what, is exactly what, what I mean. Yeah. What? Which one are you talking in particular? <laughs> I'm intrigued to find well, out. if you if you're offended by the Goonies, <laughs> I dread to think what you're going to say about this. Um, I really don't like ET. I don't really get it. I'm, I <sighs> only came to it in the okay. last kind of few years, which again, it was like one of those things where I've seen clips of it and over the years never saw it as a kid, and then by the time I did see it, it was too late. Mm, I can understand <laughs> that. I can understand that. My wife it's hates such a, ET. But... It's such a shameful one. Does she? Yeah, she f- freaks out with a little finger, and so I sometimes just go in the house. I'm like, <laughs> and she doesn't like that. But she doesn't like ET. And I was like, how do? You... I'm like pretty obsessed with Spielberg and all his, mm. especially the early years. Um, I was like, I can't understand how you don't like it. She's like, it's just boring, really. Like, <laughs> what don't you like about it? Not that I'm having a go. I can't even put my finger on it. Look, and I really love Spielberg. Like, Jurassic Park is one of the most incredible movies in the world. How do you guys feel about the Fablemans? Because I'm, I'm quite interested in how Spielberg fans are reacting to this kind of autobiographical film, which still has all that sentimentality and magic of cinema, but it is obviously, it's a lot less kind of escapist, I suppose. And I reckon that you're a, you're a diehard fan. You? Yeah, yeah, I really liked it. <laughs> I've, I haven't yeah. seen it. I haven't seen it yet. Have you not? No. Are you no. looking? Are you going to watch it? Is it something that you're interested in? Yeah, I will. I will watch it. It's not something that I would rush out to to watch at the cinema, obviously, because I would have done it by now. But um, but yeah, no, I will. I will watch it. Um, but I think Dave's more of the big Spielberg fan. I, well, than me. obviously, I just think he's a genius, and he doesn't make bad films. Um, I'm I'm very one sided <laughs> in that in that. That's camp, not I true, think. is it? <laughs> what bad films would you say Spielberg's done? Well, I mean, he's been involved in lots of bad films, like well, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Okay, actually, that is a bad film. <laughs> yeah, that that is a bad one. What about AI? I don't think AI is very good. Uh, no, I didn't like AI either. <laughs> Sorry, we're taking over. <laughs> no, it's interesting because I was on a podcast recently called 
um, uh, Ramblin', which was yeah. Oh, yeah. all yeah, about yeah. the Amblin movies. Mm. And I guess Spielberg is kind of intrinsically <laughs> connected Absolutely. with Ramblin'. Yeah. Um, and we wa- I watched uh, How to Make an American Quilt, which was a completely random one that I just wasn't really... I've never expecting. heard of that one. I've heard yeah, of exactly. it, but I've not seen it. No. So like his connections do kind of go out so much further. It's like a really, it's an old school Winona Ryder film, but it has like some incredible older female actresses in it. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an odd one. It's not one that you mm. would put with Spielberg necessarily. He didn't oh, direct wow. it, but okay, you know, but he comes under produced the it. Company. Yeah, yeah. Is it one of those films that he didn't say he's directed, like Poltergeist, but he really directed it because he was on set all the time? No. I don't think it was like that. I don't think he, okay. but it's just interesting to see where his, um, you know, what his company was kind of going for as well at the time. What did you think of the Fablemans, by the way? I really liked it. I really liked it. I, what I loved the most was the movie, the, the learning about how Spielberg came to be such a genius in his effects and, yeah, yeah. you know, how he, how he kind of fell in love with storytelling, how he kind of figured out certain things. It was so brilliant to watch this kid, obviously, on screen, um, figure out how to make things work. So, like, for example, he pokes pin pricks in the film to make it look like gunshots yeah, yeah. Um, things like that. I loved all of that. The, the high school stuff and the prom, I could have absolutely done without because that's in every American movie ever. Um, yeah. And I don't think this one was even particularly special. So it was more like the really personal stuff was brilliant, but the more generic American experience yeah, I get was take or leave, you know? Mm. I like watching people go through that. Something I had like a cinematic awakening, as I, as I mm. call it on this podcast. And I was like, I can relate hard with this boy. Obviously, much more talented than I ever was when we went to uni and tried to make films and they were rubbish. Um, <laughs> one best film, though. Um, Wait, the Oscars? We, yeah, we, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very different careers. In Bishop's Dortford, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we won it at uni as well, Rich. Yeah, we? yeah. We won a couple of film, best film, yeah, a did. couple of local film festivals yeah we did <laughs> big deal <laughs> best ever sequel what is it my can i just i'd like to point out there's a caveat to this in that i was trying to not pick something that you guys have talked about loads before on the podcast yeah. so i think probably one of my i think i initially maybe said to you aliens mm-hmm. is one of my kind of all-time favorites and then i was like right i'm just gonna really Think about this and i went for shrek 2 brilliant it's a brilliant choice it's a brilliant <laughs> right? choice love <laughs> when it. was the last time love you it. saw shrek 2 <laughs> oh, i tried to watch it today but it's not on anywhere for like sort of like now tv or sky or anything or netflix They're it taking it off. no oh, no I, I watched it yesterday on sky i think it likes oh, me dave you've missed anyway, it i didn't have to watch it again because i watched it about a million times it's, <laughs> it's, it's a great sequel before we delve into it me and rich were just having the 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 argument is it better or worse than shrek one uh there are bits of it (laughs) i love it so much but i really like shrek one as well but i guess um shrek two just seems i don't know it's got a bit more fun like like so many references so many cinema Mm. references and i know sometimes that's really annoying um but i i really like it i think i was also obviously that bit older and i appreciated the movie references in it much more uh, than perhaps the in the first one and i went to see this one at the cinema by myself i think that's, that's like shout. the first time when i was a teenager and i was just wandering around churchill square in brighton i was like oh what's nothing to do no my friends are around what's on uh, Shrek 2 oh my god amazing so I just went and sat like a creep by myself at the back of the Odeon which obviously Brilliant. is fine but when you're 15 years old that's quite a rare I never I don't think I'd ever done that before no no I think that's a brave thing at 15 mm. uh, I love going to the cinema by myself but at 15 I wouldn't have even thought about it yeah really? too self-conscious no, not, not at 15 I, I I think I'd have to feel like I have to go with friends I used to skive yeah. off school and go and sit in the cinema on my own did you like, yeah yeah I used to bunk <laughs> off afternoons of school and go watch movies instead like <laughs> proper education there. it's a little bit oh, I was yeah. six foot six when I was 15 so it's a little bit easier to like pass for oh, stuff. I think I heard you talk it's about like... this yes <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was not that lucky growths but Still hasn't happened. To be hasn't still, happened. Still, still waiting for that. You and me both, Dave. You and me both. <laughs> yeah. I, I dream of being six foot. Oh. Actually, I'll be dreaming of being five foot eight. So, <laughs> so when you saw Shrek 2, you were 15. You're by yourself mm-hmm. in Brighton. Mm-hmm. Had you have seen Shrek 1 by that point? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, sure. Okay. 
and that was a big yeah. deal. Let, loved loved Shrek. Loved that it was a bit kind of more irreverent than some of the other Disney movies as well. You know, mm. it just felt a bit different. And um, I think when you're a bit younger, you can't quite necessarily put your finger on it. And it's funny, isn't it? Because you watch the animation of Shrek now and it's it's not great. But there is definitely, there is a bit more of a, the, the sort of adult humour in it, I guess. Yeah. Which... It felt really modern at the time. Yeah, it, it felt like kind of... I know it doesn't now. You know, you look at it now and you think, oh, that's a bit kind of, a bit dumb. Oh, but actually, it, it, it does in places. But um, but yeah, at the time, it felt really fresh and really modern. And because it had those kind of like nods to kind of grown-up jokes and stuff, then yeah. it kind of really, really did feel like it was it was something different. It wasn't saccharine. No. Yes. And it's but, but... it's so self-referential, isn't it? And I guess we're now used to films doing that a hell of a lot, but they didn't so much back then. And there was obviously... No. Shrek, Shrek that kind of started a lot of that off. Also, like Shrek, yeah, we had a few of the Pixar films, like adult kids wise, but Shrek you could watch as an adult and watch as a child, and everyone would have a good good time mm-hmm. with it. it was, yeah, it seemed like it worked. I think in Shrek two, they also found those characters a bit more, and plus, what any good sequel does, it introduces brilliant new characters like Puss in Boots and the Fairy Godmother. Speaking of fancying uh, cartoon characters, Antonio Banderas. <laughs> In anything. Uh, in anything. <laughs> that voice. <laughs> oh, I know. I think that was partly why. I think I'd watched Zorro and I was so enthralled by Antonio Banderas that when I even when I knew he was in any way attached to Shrek, I was like, yeah. yeah, I'm there. I'm sold. Do you think they did like a test with Puss in Boots and put the voice of Zorro behind it? Like they did a uh, an animated test and they were like, let's just get Antonio Banderas to voice it. <laughs> it's yes. perfect. Yes, they must have, right? Because there are, obviously there are now so many references about Zorro yeah. in it. Yeah. But they must have they must have tried it out. It's not a lucky accident, is it? No. What what what's your what's your favorite scene in it? There's the scene where um so Look at your Shrek little face taken... light up. Sorry. It's just like <laughs> oh. I thought you'd never ask. Yeah. Um there's <laughs> there's a scene where uh this is the scene that I always think about when I think about Shrek 2. So then rewatching it I was like, "Yes, it's coming up to my favorite bit," which is where Shrek has taken his magic potion and he's turned into like this Scottish hunk. Um which actually as a kid I was always like Nah, I prefer the cat. But actually, now as an adult, you're like, oh yeah, no, I, I, I get why all the those um, the milkmaids are kind of fawning over him. Um, and then uh, it's when they, it's him and Donkey and Puss Donkey as this incredible white stallion when they're just walking into far, far away, and it's like it's Hollywood. Yeah, but it's it's so it's so it's like where is it like Rodeo Drive? It's kind of taking off Rodeo Drive, um, in Beverly Hills, and it was just so funny just seeing all the little nods and references to. And the thing is, I know now I feel it feels very overdone now, but you know, like the the Burger King, the Starbucks, it's called Farbucks or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, like all those, and like seeing all of these medieval women carrying expensive shopping bags and all that kind of stuff you know I just thought it was hilarious as a kid and I really liked that we were opening up the world of Shrek and kind of going into these different places where these princesses had these were kind of legendary princesses like Cinderella and Snow White and they all existed in this piss-takey world Um, I just thought it was brilliant it is brilliant. I love uh, that's my favorite bit too, and it's because really? yeah, yeah, because it's um it's basically the same as Beverly Hills Cop, where where Eddie Murphy's going down, going into down Rodeo Drive with the there's a scene with the palm trees over his head and he's looking around like this, and obviously it's Eddie Murphy again, but as a donkey doing exactly the same yes. thing. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. It's so referential. It's Perfect. amazing. It is yeah. genius, and also the soundtrack and the end of that film is absolutely banging. Like when uh, she kicks into what is the song? Is it now? Hold on for hero, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, holding out for, holding hero. Out for hero. And the the big gingerbread man comes along. There's a whole like <laughs> yeah. montage of them uh, crashing into the castle. That's what I think my my favorite bit. I just it's I think compared to the other Shrek films now, like two, three, what do we know, three, four. Is that yeah? And then Puss in Boots has just come out, and I don't Puss know if that two. counts. Which is a lot better than it should be, I have to say. Which I've not actually seen. Oh, oh. you are going to love it. I know, I you will, are gonna I love will. It. 
<laughs> the animation is so good. Yeah. Antonio Banderas is so good, especially after what three and four Shrek are like. And I didn't even know there was a Puss in Boots one. Uh, so mm. Rich had to give me a quick lowdown of what that was about. <laughs> I've got a seven-year-old son. Right, so, no, I, was gonna, this, I was just going to ask, is it because you've This got is kids? right in my warehouse. Yeah, it's yeah. Fine. <laughs> but it does does work. Would you watch another Shrek film now? How would you feel about that? What do you mean, like a new one? Or... Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, if they did a Shrek five. Yeah, it would be five, yeah. Uh, I think they'd have to really bring it back to its roots, right? Because it kind of got really lost um i can't i don't think i even saw shrek 4 because the third one was such a disappointment um it's, yeah it's probably about as good as the third one I'd right say. okay because <laughs> i like I, I really liked you know like in this one he goes to fiona's bedroom and of course fiona played by cameron diaz and on and on the ceiling of her bed if you like because yeah. it's like a, po- a four post bed mm. whatever um she has a poster of Sir Justin, like which is so, which is brilliant because obviously they were together at the time, Justin Timberlake, and it's a proper picture of Justin Timberlake. And I was like, oh my god, I have that, and I had Heath Ledger on my ceiling um, as a teenager. I mean, my walls were plastered in men, um, but it was Heath Ledger took like the prime spot of just you know face to face above me. Um, so like that, I thought was brilliant. But then in the third one, they like, don't they isn't Justin Timberlake one of the voices? He voices Arthur. Right. right, King Arthur. And I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I really liked that it was a little cheeky nod. And then I thought they went too far into nod. it. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to think what the fourth, fourth one the is. The fourth Rumpel. one's Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, it's not good. And that's oh. the Dream Wish one, right? I think I might yeah. have seen a bit of that. That was bad. Well, every Shrek thing is always him complaining that he wants to be alone. That's like episode <laughs> yeah. one, two, three, and four. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so this is, yeah, he wishes to be alone and then he realises he doesn't want to be alone after all. Well, that happens right. in two, because two? he's got kids. It, all, it happens in all of them. There's, there's like, there's no growth. Shrek, Shrek doesn't right, grow. Right, Shrek doesn't grow. <laughs> I guess there's the, the sort of message of it's what you're like on the inside that counts, which kind of comes through in a lot of them, doesn't it? As yeah. That, that's the yeah. idea of, you know, not being beautiful in inverted commas at the end which is, I guess, quite sweet, but it's kind of lost yeah. on... I guess quite sweet. I guess it's quite a sweet sentiment, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you give a shit about that sort of thing. But that's not what you're going to watch a Shrek movie for, is it? It's not this. It's not as worthy as a Disney film can be or a Pixar movie can be, I don't think. No, it's, that's true. It's kind of Ooh. a... Do you not agree? No, no I do agree, definitely. Probably not in 2004. Oh. Pixar were flying high weren't they in 2004 yeah but, but there was right, always though. like quite a message at the heart mm. of it wasn't there that, that was finding nemo era wasn't it mm. 2003 2004 but there's always there's there is that message you're right there is that message in every kind of disney apart from uh, every pixar movie there's that message apart from maybe like cars 2 i'm not sure what that message is other than that don't was watch um, Cars one of the first, oh my god that was one of the first films that I had to do a junket for as a film critic <laughs> when I joined Radio One and um I was like oh my god I can't believe I have to go to like I can't believe this is, it has to be this film that's one of the earliest hey, films are but you then, sure this storyline's real but then, <laughs> but then I got to interview Michael Caine and I was like oh wow. okay Cars 2 has brought me Michael Caine. I'm okay. I'm okay with what, this. What questions do you ask Michael? I know he's in it, but what questions would, did you ask Michael Caine about Cars 2? Well, I, I, you know, asked him a couple of questions, I think, about Cars 2, but I'd also just, I think either I was still at uni or I just finished uni. And so, and we'd studied the Ipcris file. So, Ipcris files, file. So, yeah. um, it was, I talked to him about Harry Palmer. Nice. That's 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 a much that's a better much, choice. Because yes. <laughs> you want to be polite and be like, tell us about Cars too. But then like, what was yeah. it like filming Get Carter? And yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask questions about Jaws four. <laughs> <laughs> How did that happen? Oh, uh, yeah, he nice? it's funny. He was lovely, actually. He was very sweet. He was really nice. Yeah, good guy. Well, there you go. Cars two was worth it for that. Like exactly. Just so you could, just so you could meet Michael Caine. Yeah, it's worth <laughs> worth me having to watch Cars two four thousand times because my son's obsessed has been been obsessed with it for years. Oh, <laughs> How many times yeah. have you good watched man. Shrek two, Rich? Um, is that on loop? Probably anywhere, a good he... few. It's no, it's not. He, he 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 tends to like movies on loop that are awful. 
to be honest. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, yeah, like Cars 2 or Planes oh. he liked for a long time. Oh, Planes was so bad. Yeah, Planes is not good. Was um, Planes Pixar? Yeah, it's Pixar, yeah. It's part is of it? the ca- Cars the, franchise. Yeah, it's in the Cars universe. But the lead character is played by Dane Cook, so that should tell you the quality of uh, that movie. Oh, my God, are you joking? <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You've just reminded me that at this Cars 2 uh, junket, I also interviewed Jason Isaacs and I asked him about Cars 2 or Cars as a franchise. And he really took offense to the fact that I called Cars 2 part of a franchise. Wow. And I was like, Wow. Okay. Are you mad? <laughs> like, even as a 22 year old, I know it's a fucking franchise, dude. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely is. So weird. It was so weird out of anything to take offense to. Why that? Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, that's a strange thing to... It Maybe is... he thought it, Cars 2 was so bad they'd never make a third one and then <laughs> they made a third one. They've made TV series of it as well. Like, there's Cars TV series. Like, there's... Oh. Yeah, there's definitely a franchise. <laughs> definitely a franchise. So, um, yeah. prior to bring it back to Shrek 2 quickly, uh, mm. do you know anyone that doesn't like it? Like, have you made anyone watch it? Boyfriends? Family? Oh, probably not, because I think everyone has had seen it you know like we watched it when we were that age and then oh I'm trying to think if my husband was in the room with me while I watched it yesterday I think he was I think he got a bit fed up with me quoting the lines in advance of the lines it is very quotable (laughs) (laughs) I think he put his headphones on I think he was watching the last of us with his headphones on next to me on the sofa while I watched Shrek 2 (laughs) um but apart from that no I haven't really made anyone watch it because I think everyone was watched it anyway um yeah at uni it was it was heavily uh, pirated. I remember that. Everyone had a copy of, <laughs> of Shrek 2. Yeah. Because, yeah, it was that and Lord of the Rings Two Towers. Everyone had a copy of that. And it always, it was an Oscar version because it always come up with your consideration. You know, when you live in halls. Oh, that's and just... interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Memory sticks. Oh, you How... watch. <laughs> and you would all go around someone's room and watch on like a monitor that's like 10 inches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the casting of Julie Andrews and John Cleese oh. in Shrek 2. Hmm. It's so funny, isn't it? Because I know I'd forgotten um, there's that scene where he's like, the king is on the balcony and she's like, what just happened? He's like, nothing, dear, nothing, nothing. <laughs> and you're like, oh, <laughs> it's Basil. <laughs> it's, just, it's just really oh, yeah. funny. <laughs> just he got that reference. That, he does his, yeah, he just does his 40 Towers shtick. Right. Yeah. I have a quick question for you before we go on to worse. So mm. this is not your worst sequel, but what has been your most disappointing sequel? So it doesn't have to be bad. Yeah. You just thought you went in high hopes and you came out and just were like, mm. and it can be a recent one. It doesn't have to be the first one ever. I I think probably like probably like one of the Harry Potter. To be honest, probably all of the Harry Potters. Oh. I am such a huge Harry Potter fan of uh, like I love the book so much. Um and then I oh and you know I was I know exactly which one it was. It was the one um it was Please Harry like. Please don't be the one I like. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> go on, go on. We'll see. It's Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. It's the one it's the best one. It's the best one. <laughs> Because it's my favorite, it's probably my favorite book. I love the story of it so much. And then um, I was, I was just disappointed with the portrayal of it. And I know, oh. and I'd already known that it was never going to be as good because the third one was pretty decent. Third one is good. I was expecting the fourth one um, to kind of, kind of keep that going. You know, I thought, oh, okay, they're getting mm. better with each, with each film, and it just didn't. And it was, the, it was the David Tennant licking his lips or whatever he was doing and I was like that's not a thing that's not what happens why are you the whole point is that you don't know that he is who he is you don't see him at mm. all at the beginning that right. the reveal is right at the very end so what the hell are you doing showing it him in like one of the first scenes and we didn't get to see the Quidditch World Cup are you joking so that yeah, there you go. That I was... feel like this is the kind of film that you shouted at the screen at. Oh, hundred percent, which was really embarrassing <laughs> in a cinema. But yeah. Oh, we've all done it. We've all done <laughs> it. Oh yeah. Oh, Pretty Rise recently. of Skywalker. We've all done it. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't read the books, um, okay. obviously. 
uh, and I really enjoyed the Goblet of Fire. I liked the growing up teen thing, thought it was very funny. I liked all the challenges. I thought, oh, this is actually fun. And mm. there was a big death in it. I was like, oh, people are dying. You know, wicked, finally. <laughs> yay! Uh, Cedric's yay, dead! <laughs> you were the only one celebrating at that point. Yeah, I thought it was great. And then from that film and that time, everyone's literally has brought up like, oh, it's the worst one. It's the worst one. I can't... I can't see it. So your problem with it is that it's not like the novel. No, and I I know that then they never are. But that one I think just kind of was the work because visually you it paints such a brilliant picture and like you say you're introduced to so many new things in this one. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't. I just they just didn't visualize it at all well. And I think they patronized their audience quite a lot by showing one of the biggest twists, the biggest twist, right at the beginning. Hmm. Rich, do you feel the same? Ah, uh, to be honest, I don't really care about Harry Potter. I have watched them. Um, my son was the, uh, obsessed with Chamber of Secrets, which I think is the worst one. Um, it for, is the worst quite, one. Quite a while. It is the worst one. Um, Your son yeah, has got the so worst taste. He's got the worst taste. He also like, <laughs> what, what did he tell me was the best movie ever? I think it was like uh, Attack, Attack of, of the Clones. Clones. Yeah. yeah. He's oh, like, God. Daddy, this is the best movie ever. I'm like, Dude, oh, this is the worst yes. Star Wars movie. <laughs> but he's only they, seven. But... He's got time. He can, you know. Oh, he yeah. He's got you as a dad. Yeah. You can Yeah, curate. he'll learn. Yeah, it'll be Why fine. are you even showing him these movies? <laughs> Make, just only show him the good ones. I, I should. I should. I know. But he was. It, his <laughs> mum loves Harry Potter. My wife loves Harry Potter. <laughs> and so he kind of got into Harry Potter earlier before we knew like JK Rowling was problematic. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, he was, so I've had to read him all the books. So I've read all the books. Mm-hmm. Cause I've read them all to him for his bedtime stories. And I don't even like the books very much, but maybe that's cause I was 40 when I read them and not five, you know? Well, like, exactly. The... Exactly. Like I was, I grew up with the books and I think if I, so they mean the world to me. I think if I came to them now it would be a completely different mm. story like it with et yeah. i have to ask what you think of the other films then were you well, so when the fifth one came out whatever half-blood prince of all of the phoenix wherever it was were you still they're gonna fuck it up again or were you a little bit yeah off? i was i was i think just reluctant then going into them quite a lot more by this point but there was always hope and there was always excitement <laughs> that they hope. might not <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's how I feel about everything <laughs> but it just it got quite dirgy towards the end and you know there are some but also I like to hate watch them that you know if it's on I'll always stop yeah and then I'll complain about that. every scene yeah that 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 will link us quite nicely to the bad stuff <laughs> that's gone yeah um because they're like a car crash you can't stop watching them so what is your worst ever sequel <laughs> Again, I'm pretty sure there are worse. There are definitely worse sequels than this, but mm. just one that um, a I thought would be quite fun to make you guys watch. Um, Thank you. Is Dirty Dancing Two Havana Nights? You've not done this yet on the podcast. No, you? no, this no, is, no. This is this is new to us because I did not know this even existed until about four days ago. Like Yay. I didn't even know this was a thing. <laughs> I was shocked. And to, yeah, I was shocked. <laughs> I. I didn't hate it. Like I didn't hate it. I, I, it's not good, but I also it didn't make me want to throw it out of the window. <laughs> it's not good. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's not like like I was saying. It's not like Sharknado Eight no, or whatever. No. Like it's not like it's not that level. It's just kind of like bargain bin quality, you know, that you'd find for like one ninety nine in your local supermarket. Yeah. But a surprisingly good cast. Yeah. Like, the- yes right yeah we have to talk about the cast because we have to talk about the patrick swayze cameo yeah. or what is, is he johnny Car- is he johnny castle <laughs> is he not johnny castle because in the end credits he's not johnny castle imdb he's not johnny castle it's done it's set class before the first dirty dancing yes. yeah that that was i didn't find that out until about two minutes before we started recording when they so told really me. this is a prequel <laughs> yeah. so really we're breaking all the rules Right, which I, to be fair, didn't realise until I started watching it. <laughs> no, it passes because when it comes up on screen, the titles come up on screen, it does say Dirty Dancing 2. Dirty Dancing 2. Mm. Havana Nights. Yeah. And it flies into it. Yeah, they start off with that same voiceover. Or not, it's not Baby's voiceover. It's, um, <sighs> yeah, what's her, what's even her name? I forgot how to even written it down, sorry. Katie. Katie. Katie's voiceover, it's 
Romola Garay and mm. she says like she says the year like baby does in the first dirty dancing and it's earlier than it's like i think 1958, dancing, 1963 yeah. and yeah this is yeah. 58 and i was like wait what um <laughs> And then obviously Patrick Swayze comes into it a little bit later as the dance instructor and they play Johnny's Mambo, which is one of yeah. the most recognizable pieces of music from Dirty Dancing, but it's a prequel and yet he's much older. Much, <laughs> uh, much older. <laughs> but not called Johnny Castle. He doesn't have a name. He is just wise dance teacher. <laughs> I was saying this to Dave. I don't know if it's because he, he comes... A, I, I don't know if it's because I've seen Donnie Darko now, and so Patrick Swayze, Patrick Swayze <laughs> is ruined in my head, or, or he just is creepy in this. But he's creepy, like he gives me makes my is... spring crawl. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor, poor Patrick! I don't think I know what you mean about the the Donnie Darko, but because because yeah. Yeah, it is. It, I don't think he is creepy. There's nothing that suggests that his performance is creepy or that he's being no, weird or anything. No. He's very encouraging. He's quite. He's sweet. But I do get that it's a kind of similar era to Donnie Darko, and that is quite difficult to get over. Where he yeah. plays a pedophile. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 If yes. no one's seen Donnie Darko, he's not a nice man. Yeah. <laughs> um. When did you first see this? Was this same time as Shrek Two? By the way, wasn't it same year? <laughs> It is the same year. Did you go and which... watch it by yourself in Brighton? <laughs> <laughs> I I actually can't remember where I saw this. And I don't think it was at the cinema. I think it was, it must have been on DVD. But I can't remember who had it. I think it was probably around a friend's house. But I can't remember whose. Um, and I remember us hating on it quite back, quite a lot. Mm. Is that yeah. because you're a big fan of Dirty Dancing? Yes. Okay. But also, I'm a huge Diego Luna fan, so I really loved Tambien. Bien. Like, really loved it. And I was really excited to see him in this. And it, he's, yeah, the chemistry between the two leads are not, is not good. It's not sexy. Or is it? It's, I mean, I'm saying this. What did you well, guys think? I, I think it's a little bit like Magic Mike, uh, the, the latest Magic Mike one, in that, that there's real chemistry when they're dancing. And absolutely no chemistry when they're talking to each other. Like the 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 two main characters, they they dance incredibly well. But yeah, it's like they they're literally just talking to a wall when they talk to each other. It's like <laughs> no, no, none of that passion or anything. Yeah. Well, I was reading about it. I've done a bit of a deep dive on Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. Oh yeah. And it it seems they only has six weeks to learn to dance. And Diego Luna never danced before. Uh, I think he put all his efforts into the dancing uh, and then mm. forgot that he had to do some talky-talky at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I think he panicked. Oh, this is a, a, a talking movie. <laughs> the dancing cavalier. <laughs> yeah, I thought the dancing was okay. Uh, I think me and Rich were big fans of it because it is lovely. It's like 80 minutes long. It was, yes. yes. It's it so was mercifully short. short. Yeah, <laughs> that was like, a thrill. One, wonderful. God, we're getting Thank old, you. aren't we? That we're like, yes, eighty minutes, incredible. <laughs> Anything under ninety is absolutely lovely. I'm not yeah. a big fan of date dancing. I've only recently watched date dancing. Like you we were talking about Goonies earlier. Um, mm. My wife, for a couple of years, I was making her watch all my kind of films, and then she's like, "Well, can we watch something I like?" And I was like, "All oh, right." Uh, <laughs> um, so she was like, "Date dancing." And I was like, "Oh, I've never seen it." The only point I've ever had anyone talked about it, really, I was on the tube once. And you know when they're doing those live events, like Secret Party? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Secret uh, Cinema. And everyone was, yeah. everyone was dressed up in front of me, and I got talking to them. And I was like, I've never seen it. And they literally did Dirty Dancing for me. Oh, my God. That's line. amazing. Uh, and I was like, oh, I don't have to see it anymore. That's great. Thanks very much. And they're like, off into the night, they were drunkenly went. Was, I went to great. one of those, and that was one of the best secret cinemas because it was all outside. It was a hot summer's day. And it is such a vibe. It really yeah. is. It's a 60s, 80s vibe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird one. And this is, I don't know what this is. This is such a weird mashup, but it certainly Revolution. doesn't feel like 50s. Revolution. No, yeah, revolution. No, they sort of doesn't. shoehorn in revolution where they can and it's just not enough bearing in mind that that would have been the overriding emotion in cuba at the time and the yeah. weird juxtaposition with the black eyed peas like yeah well like, i am <laughs> so so 50s right <laughs> and my maya when she turned up um it was 
all yeah. of it is so bizarre. So also we have two mad men uh, actors in this. We've got John mm. Slattery and January Jones. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, like like we say, the cast is pretty. Yeah. She's great at being evil, January she, Jones. She is. Yeah, <laughs> she really is. Um, and it, but also they they kind of tease that they're um, that this guy is going to be like a really evil baddie, um, <laughs> the one who is like incredibly privileged, the one that she is sort of being forced to spend time with. He's like the sort of smarmy. I think his name's Nigel. What's his name from the first one? Anyway, the smarmy kid. James is his name. Is it James? What from this film? From this film, I think. But yeah, yeah. I, oh, yeah, I can't remember what he's called from the first film. Yeah. It's, J- it's James from this film. Um, but anyway, so he, so James, you kind of think is going to be this real villain, and he does try mm. to um, force himself on Katie, and then it, it all just kind of goes away. And he, is, I, I think he's, he feels super apologetic, and I was like, well. I mean, either lean into the fact that he's a rapist or don't do it at all, because it's this is a very confusing, conflicting message to send to teenage girls that if that happens, then just kind of forgive them and move on. Yeah, well, yes, but also about what, like, I didn't really understand that either. There is no peril in this movie, and that is considering that they are on the cusp of revolution. It's really weird that there's zero peril, apart from the fact that her parents might find out and be a bit miffed. Like, Like, where is the kind of crux of... I don't know, it just... I think Dirty Dancing, the first one, sets it up so brilliantly because... It, because you know the the whole outline of you know a young girl losing her virginity to an older man in a summer fling and you kind of know the parameters from the outset whereas the parameters in this just kept moving and falling down it was so odd it's, it was yeah it's bizarre there's one bit when the mum is talking the having the birds and the bees speech with the daughter because she thinks she's dating james james and mm-hmm. then as soon as she sees him uh, her kiss Deanna Lugo she's like how dare you yeah. kiss a boy it's it's the most ridiculous but that's a class thing, thing isn't it oh, it's like yeah. that's it's about the class of the boy he's a mm. waiter he's working class as opposed to from the country club yeah I suppose this one yeah the first one did ask big some big questions I guess and this one I I guess they were just like revolution that's what you <laughs> that's what we're having yeah, yeah. I, I get it's got, no, it's got nothing to revolution. stand out has it like it hasn't got any standout memorable moments like the first one no like the ending the or famous music. The, oh, well, the, yeah the music the music is the big thing i think is that there's absolutely there's just the music from dirty dancing sticks in your head and it's i'm not she's a like massive, the wind is a big tune yeah i'm not a massive fan of dirty dancing either but the music is awesome and is. the music for this is forgettable at best and mm-hmm. downright inappropriate at worst like it just doesn't <laughs> doesn't fit <laughs> it's very much a t- piece of its time though right that i like music. the idea of the cuban the, you know obviously the cuban music has to be really authentic but then you're right why do they have like will i am coming in and i mean even diego mm. luna is mexican um and also you have this blonde blue-eyed american woman i mean she's actually not she's british but um <laughs> in this she's american and it sort of feels like everyone is just fine with that, even mm. though you think they'd be so much more aggressive towards her. There isn't really any sort of aggression or like anti-Americanness. There's talk of anti-Americanness, but there isn't actually any real yeah. evidence of that. And again, yeah. it's like, well, that's that's crucial for the point of why they're leaving, of why they can't really be together. And they just never really lean into it. It's like quite an upbeat ending. I was like, oh, I loved the brilliant thing about Dirty Dancing is that the ending is they had this fling and now they'll probably never see each other again because it's a holiday fling. Their lives are going in different ways and we're okay mm. with that. It's a learning curve. I just didn't get that from this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah getting absolutely. Forced out, wasn't they? The Americans, um, they got told to leave. Yeah, yeah. They, well, yeah, because yeah, Cuba was taken over by the by Castro, wasn't it? As revolutionaries and America was like the big enemy. So, <laughs> But they still yeah. had time for like a few more dances <laughs> yeah. in, the, in, the, in the very revolutionary club <laughs> with the American girl at the center yeah. of it. That's that's weird. The ending is weird. It's wild, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I still I still think that if I think the worst thing about this movie is that it it tries to be a dirty dancing sequel. 
You take mm. take Patrick Swayze mm-hmm. out of it, and don't call it Dirty Dancing too. Yeah. And it's a fairly yeah. average movie. <laughs> Compare <laughs> yeah, it to the true. first Dirty Dancing, and it's just a yeah. It's just rubbish. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> And it's so long after, isn't it? So it's like either appeal to the teenagers of the day, like you say, mm. in a new in a new way, or yeah, don't give yeah. it the hook that's trying to bring in older viewers who are nostalgic for the first one, who are just going to say this is dreadful and just a bad compare. remake of the first one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, yeah, it's bad. Thanks for that. <laughs> but I still, I still maintain, could have yeah, been worse. Could have been worse your original suggestions of Sex and the City 2 and Speed 2 both way worse than this <laughs> thank you for changing that <laughs> but also I didn't really want to watch Sex and the City 2 again I know I don't blame you for Sex and the City yeah. no. I was like oh I really don't need to see that that's not 90 minutes <laughs> no, it certainly isn't another quick question for you yeah what has been the sequel that's been better than you expected so it surprised you so again, doesn't have to be good, but it ca- you came out better thinking, oh, that was okay. This is the hardest question we ask, by the way. It is, I yeah, think, I think it is. I think it's probably the Star Wars film that I think you both really don't like. What, Rise of Skywalker? Yeah. The third, the third. Oh, wow. The I'm, I'm open to this. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> oh, was it? No, hold on. No, hold on. No, I'm getting confused. No, it was the sec. It was the one that everyone seemed uh, okay. to hate, which was the second one. I liked it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that one called? Sorry, the Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. The yeah. Last Jedi. Sorry. Yeah. So the Last Jedi. Actually, I didn't have like super <laughs> high expectations for, and I was like, oh, I really enjoyed that. And then I was quite surprised about all the discourse of people really hating on it. But again, I think it's a generational thing in part, and having not had those films kind of embedded in my DNA from the word go. Mm-hmm. Um, that I was quite forgiving of certain things. And I quite enjoyed the direction it took. And then then the last film did kind of shit all over that. And I think that was a shame. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that was more like that kind of... That was the bad thing, the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the bad. No, I think you, it's because the Star Wars fans, the community, whatever they like to call themselves, are fucking awful. Um, so... <laughs> You know, let's be honest. Not all of them, Dave. Not all of them. I'm not sorry, you sorry Star Wars fans who aren't awful. There's some real scummy ones in there. <laughs> there are, yeah. There um, are some horrible yeah. people. And I'm a there. big Star Wars fan. I really liked Last Jedi. I thought I really liked it. I came out of it like that oh, was a five star banger. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was amazing. I I even like the going to the, the the casino bit. It was all right. I liked it. Yeah, really. agreed. I, liked, I have no problems. Rich, on the other hand, I didn't love it. But I also, it wasn't for any of the reasons any of the fanboys hated it. I just yes, drift, every drifted off, I think. You know, oh, just, well, you just, just meandered off. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it just felt like a bit like Luke Skywalker, who's supposed to be this, you know, this really important guy, just went, oh, I'm really tired, so I'm just going to die now. Like, it's <laughs> like oh, all right then. <laughs> Although, to be fair, now, now I'm a parent, I do kind of understand yeah. that. <laughs> I can admit I would have liked more of Luke Skywalker being Luke Skywalker or even mm. Luke Skywalker being bad Luke Skywalker either way more Luke Skywalker would have been great uh, yeah. especially going into that third film even if they just thought about the third film while doing the second film I mean the third film's awful the, the second film whatever I think the second film's problems are Compared to the third one, it's an absolute masterpiece. Because the, the third one just can... Talking about shouting at a film in the cinema, like, right, got yeah, to the yeah. end of that when she just she says her name's Skywalker, and I'm like, oh, just fuck off. Like, <laughs> I couldn't even hold it in. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's just funny, done. Does that mean yeah. you didn't like Forced Awakens? I really liked Forced thought... Awakens. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, just... yeah. No, I really liked it. I did. And then I thought, and I really loved the second one. And then it just, yeah, I really didn't yeah, enjoy the third go. one. Honestly, yeah. That's I cool. I, was, I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to say you enjoyed yeah, sorry. the third one for a minute. I, got, then. I was going to get a bit confused. like, oh. yeah. <laughs> That would be. And end of recording. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel that one. What is your dream sequel? Oh, yeah. So I've picked Amelie for this. Nice. I think a dream sequel is a really difficult one because I I don't love like I don't sequels on the whole I think 
don't always enhance unless it is that sort of franchise i suppose where mm. it ne- a story needs finishing off this is a very popular opinion so yeah yes um and what i kind of agree with yeah. <laughs> through the sequel podcast is weird but yeah, yeah i agree i definitely agree with you <laughs> but i do like the idea of this like weirdly we kind of talked about this on five live quite recently about like you know what would you pitch for a sequel and I think Mm. it would be Amelie because I love the first one so much and it's such a beautiful magical weird little world um and I would just love to revisit it I think that's what I that's what appeals to me so much about it I would love to kind of see the sort of new generation like a mini Amelie her daughter or something um kind of forging her way through this world this Amelie world in Montmartre and just kind of I don't know figuring out life like her mother did but as a perhaps younger like an actual child i think would be yeah. fascinating but would she have a better like upbringing than emily did because that's she always sad at the so beginning the bit, when, the, the bit at the yes. beginning when he, the heart beats because that's when her dad touches her and stuff it's just yeah. like oh but you've got a heart condition you're like oh yeah <laughs> i know and it's like her heart beats like a drum because her dad never touches her and when he does for her medical oh. exam he's like yeah, yeah you've he got thinks... a heart defect oh it's just, yeah, so devastating. He's such a cold man, but she loves him anyway. But no, I think um, it would be that she, this child would have been brought up with so much love that perhaps she doesn't, Amelie sort of finds solace in this, what she kind of creates this world for herself. And yeah. um, and so this child wouldn't necessarily have that. She wouldn't need, have needed to have done that because she has a, the attention and love of both of her parents. So I guess it's kind of, there has to be some sort of, you know, separation perhaps or peril or something where she ends up having to kind of find that in her own little way yeah oh i I really like that would you bring back the director the jean-pierre jeanet he did say he's never gonna do a two didn't he because because paris is ugly now is what he said so is that what he said that's what he said yeah he's not going to do an amelie two because paris is too ugly now but I, I did. I did also read that he's planning a mockumentary about the making of Amelie. Like so, which I think I read this. Very yes. meta. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. I can't talk you through it. That's all I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair that's enough. just what he said. Is like he's planning a mockumentary about the making of Amelie, and that'll be that's a project he's working on. It's a so. magical little film, is it? It's very unique. Yeah. When did you first watch Amelie? Was it university or school or? I think it was probably, I think it was in a French class at school. I think it must have been in our GCSE year or something like that. Did um, they make you watch it with no subtitles? Like, it's up to you now. <laughs> Probably. It was, I think it was, you know, when they wheeled in the TV on yeah, a day. Yeah. I yeah. think it was maybe it was like activities week when we just finished studying. I can't remember exactly, but it was. I think it was in <laughs> in school, and I just absolutely fell in love with it immediately there and then. And I was really, um, I mean, there's a theme here, but I really fancied um, Matthew Kasovitz, who then I didn't realize had directed Latin, mm, right. which is a brilliant movie, um, and the fact that he was the star of this. And there's just there it's such a slow burn of a romance and that it's it not really fully... it takes a while isn't it <laughs> it takes the whole film it takes 40 <laughs> minutes for the the main storyline to really i say yeah be brought up but you, it does a lot of world building mm-hmm. in that first bit of all the characters and amelie herself and it just kind of settles you of like mm. this is the the vibes and how we make this film kind of thing um because it is quite arty it is. And the colours, the colours are so bright and so beautiful and different. And not, again, yeah, I guess Paris is ugly if you see the way that we see Paris in movies, but not the way that he sees it. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I've been in Paris a few years ago and I thought it was beautiful until it got dark and then the rats came out. But in the daytime, <laughs> I'm not even lying, I've never seen so many in my life. It's like London though, isn't it? It's like Paris in the movies is always better than Paris in real life. Whereas London in, and London in the movies is always better than London in real life. I guess so. I mean, the Montmartre bit is that's the high up bit, isn't it? In Paris, it's like yeah. If you you could miss the uh, lots of steps, and then on the way down, you see that it's got the cart that takes you up and down. And you think, why didn't I take that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, bugger indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. It's um, a long way. It's just 
it's interesting though about what we're saying about it being world building because it isn't there isn't actually anything magical about this it's not set in another universe it's nothing like that but it is like just finding the magic in the everyday and it that makes it feel so different um and unique so yeah what a cool place to kind of revisit and what interesting characters to go and see where they're at in their lives now and how somebody who seems so whimsical how can she still exist and what is her job now and you know how is she as a mother and that all that yeah. sort of thing I, I'm kind of fascinated by mm. there was there was a, a movie released called Happenstance which has got um, Audrey Tattoo in it as well and in Asia, when it was released in Asia, they they bra- they branded it as Amelie too, even though <gasps> no. she's not Amelie. It's not the same. It's not a sequel at all. It's a completely different oh, movie. God. It's not Amelie at all in any way. And yeah, they branded it kind of Amelie too, which is oh. a weird thing to do. And everywhere else in the world, it's it's called Happenstance. But right. I've never heard of Happenstance actually. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. No, I just f- found it doing some research for today. Like I was like, oh, there is an Amelie so too already. What like, countries did they do that to? Um, like an Asian release. So I found a Korean import. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's yeah, basically kind of across Asia by the looks of it. Oh wow! Um, releases Amelie too with not I'm even intrigued to watch it about to it. see if it works <laughs> at all as Amelie too. <laughs> I've, I've read some reviews and I don't think it does. <laughs> Why enough. is she now a serial killer? It makes yeah. no sense. She was so happy in the first film. I mean, I like serial uh, sequels that do something completely different, but that would be a step for this. Be too far. I love your idea because earlier I was thinking I can't see a way to do a sequel to Amelie too because it's so mm. unique. Um, but the way you're describing it, I thought, like, well, yeah, I like, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see <laughs> Ameline, an older Ameline, trying to deal with her problems now with her imagination and mm. the way she would get around life in Paris and if she's still married with a child or not. I guess some of the neighbours would disappear. I ha- my favourite yeah. bit is her fucking around with the, uh, the green <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's proper like Home Alone stuff, isn't it? It's, it's like, so evil, it's but hilarious. it's so good. He deserves it so much. <laughs> It's his slippers. It's changing his slippers for a smaller yeah. size. Love, it's the alarm it. clock. <laughs> yeah. Alarm clock. It's so funny. That's what I love about it. It's just so funny. And it's also so heartfelt. And just the way it's filmed, it's hilarious. And like the, you know, the woman who's like the hypochondriac in her little cafe. What I mean, oh, yeah. what does she do there? So she bought is it like a cigarette stand or something? Yeah, yeah it's like a pharmacy it's... slash bar, it seems. Which, that's, yeah. which is weird. It's a, it's a very thing, French thing, yeah. We take it's it, a... yeah, we take it for granted in this. That's a normal thing to have. It's so and okay. One of my favorite bits though is when she um, gives the first, like when she finds the the tin in her flat and she yeah. finds the man whose tin it was as a boy. And it just don't you just wish for something like that to happen to you, just yeah. to take you back to a time that you don't remember now, just to have that like this, you know, the idea of a smell mm. will take you back instantly. Like giving being given a toy that takes you back to being a child like what an amazing gift that would be to be reminded of something like that well my dad's always telling me in his garage there's boxes and box of toys so <laughs> apparently well, there you go <laughs> but yeah do you think this is a good way of getting people into uh foreign cinema uh, like Emily? no i mean because it's it's so I'm trying to get my thoughts across it's so unique and a lot of people don't like subtitles mm. But it's on that, like, we've got this post of the top 101 films you have to see before you die. And it's on there. It's like one of the few subtitles films. Do you think it's a good opening if you're, like, trying to get people to watch world cinema? You're like, have you checked Amelie out? Mm. Yeah, I absolutely do. Because it's such a visual film. And, like, I always remember, you know, obviously I remember this as a teenager, the bit where she's counting the orgasms. And, like, I'll always just remember her turning around and going, um, and, and like it's just like the the montages that they have in this they're so kind of quick and peppy and funny that you almost don't need you know that's that you don't need to translate that mm. um and in, and it's the same thing with love like it's the, the fact that she's piecing together this jigsaw of pictures she, the fact that she's piecing together this jigsaw of photographs again really visual storytelling so it doesn't you know it's not incredibly dense with dialogue because she's so often by herself and like you were saying the pranks and swapping the slippers that's all something that you don't need to know french yeah. to understand you know so i think that's mm. the key if you're not really 
up for watching a, a subtitled movie. Yeah. Those were Rihanna Dillon's unequal sequels. I mean, that was a lovely chat. Lovely chat. We're off and running. Season five is now officially started. Rich, are you excited? Of course, I'm excited. Like that was that was a an incredible kickoff. We were talking to Rihanna about some brilliant choices that she picked, and also she was talking to us from the BFI. <laughs> it was so cool before a screening. It was a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Like, yeah, she was off at a screening. She was doing like a Q and A bit at the screening. I think. Do you remember what screening sort of she was doing Q and A for? Yeah, it was Rye Lane. It was Rye Lane. We hadn't seen yeah, it at that movie, point. We hadn't seen it at that point, but we both really enjoyed and it. Now it's it's brilliant. Uh, her picks are great. Another opportunity to watch Shrek 2 is... It's a classic. I love Shrek 2. I love Shrek 2. I know there are people out there that do not like Shrek 2 sequelizers. Sequelizers. But I love Shrek 2. It's great. I like her little stories about going to see it on her own as well on a Brighton afternoon, I think yeah. it was. Uh, truth be told, guys, that was recorded quite a while ago, so me and Rich are trying to remember what we, what we talked about. <laughs> but what yeah. we will never, ever, ever forget is her pick for worst ever sequel. Dirty Dancing 2. Havana Nights. Yeah, bit of a yeah, bit of a choice that one. Did you didn't know it existed, did you? I didn't know it existed. And actually, when I watched it, I was sort of surprised it wasn't worse. <laughs> <laughs> is that because we've watched so much crap now? It might be. It might be that we've watched so many terrible sequels that my bar is low. But I do think if they'd cut it, like I said, if they cut out the dirty dancing bit, didn't call it dirty dancing at all, then people would just be like, oh, that's all right. It's basically a dirty dancing reboot in, in Havana. Yeah, but it's got that weird um, Johnny it's Castle. It's weird Johnny Castle bit when it's a prequel, but he's older <laughs> and. He's very touchy. Very still. confusing. It's, yeah, it's, it's all a, quite crazy. It's all a bit of a myth. Yeah, so if no one's actually watched Dirty Dancing 2, because I think now they're, they're doing official a Dirty Dancing 2 sequel. Are they? So I think... What, with Johnny and Baby kind of no, sequel? No, no, Baby, yes. Jennifer Grey, I, okay. I believe, is coming back. Okay, they're not recasting Johnny not, Castle. Not, then, no, no, they're going to respect that no, decision okay. of that, you know. He sadly yeah, yeah. passed away, uh, Patrick Swayze. Not with AI, reanimate Patrick Swayze with AI. You never know at this, that, this point. <laughs> um, but it'd be interesting what they do with Dirty Dancing 2, because Dirty Dancing 2, Havana Nights, is definitely Dirty Dancing 2. It says it in the title. It says... Mm, it does. Dirty Dancing yeah. 2... There's no getting around it. There's getting away from it. It's, it's definitely the sequel. And I, I, I can't... Well, I don't want to watch another one, personally. I hate no. I hate all these films. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for that bringing that into our life. It took us a while to find it and rent. Rich had the option to buy it, and he didn't. He rented it for just the same amount of money. Yeah. yeah. Don't blame me on Could that Could have one, bought it. Don't. Same amount. Didn't think it was worth it. <laughs> and um, her dream pick... What? Amelie. Oh. What a beautiful film that is. Is that the second time someone's picked Amelie? I no, I don't think it is. I think it's the first time it's been picked. I'm pretty sure it's the first time it's been picked. I think it's just because it was so long ago. It feels like we watched it another time. I know. what. Yeah, no, I, I, I've i recently watched it because it was on the, the poster of 100 top films ever to watch. And that's why I recently uh, watched it. Gotcha. Okay. I'm with you now. I've definitely watched this film recently for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> such a lovely, lovely film. Such a it is a lovely French film. film. Yeah. Um, and her ideas for a sequel with her family, I think, mm. would be really interesting. But the director has no interest. And plus, you said he kind of made a sequel. Or someone made a an unofficial sequel, whatever it was. Yeah, well, I don't think it really counts. <laughs> but it's all crazy. Um, and then we had a, got to have a really good chat with Rhiannon afterwards, which we now can listen on to. Uh, if you're another Slice listener, go check that out. Yeah, get yourself along to uh, anotherslice.com forward slash unequal sequel. Uh, you can pay two ninety nine a month and join our subscription service. Then you'll be able to listen to the sequel of this episode. More Rihanna, more of us, brilliant chats about other ideas for movies. And, and also, Rihanna is amazing. Like Her film knowledge is incredible. Yeah. She's so nice to talk to. Such a lovely kind of chat that we had, and she, we we could both just have talked to her about movies forever. Yes, quite quite easily. She's um very engaging, and uh, yeah, I love her views on on film. And basically, she also passed on some advice of how she got into the industry of film writing, and that was that sounds quite crazy as well and interesting. And 
and just get being in screenings and stuff like that uh, sounds like a lot of uh it's a it's a really good listen so yeah if you do if you have got that just got 2.99 a month spare at the moment then pop along and and give that a listen it's it's definitely worth it yeah what else can you tell them rich well I mean, if if you do love us and you do love this podcast, this is only episode one of season five. There's 12 more episodes of this season to come. So make sure you hit the little subscribe button. And while you're there, if you wouldn't mind tapping out a little review for us, five stars would be nice, obviously. Then, uh, yeah, we'd really appreciate that and we'll love you forever. You can also get on social media and tell us what you think. So if you agree and think Rihanna's choices are amazing, like we do, then get on social media. We are at Unequal Sequel on Twitter whilst it still exists and instagram uh or you can just plain old email us unequalsequelhotmail.com yes that is hotmail because we are off of the 90s don't knock it people so, yeah. use it they do they do use it you're right yeah and people have appreciating our hotmailness <laughs> it's nice uh any comments we get we will read we will read them out and talk about them in our end of month roundup of course so get along to that as well yes just got to around a little bit yeah go listen to the Pod Pods podcast. The Pod Pod podcast. That's a lot of pods. <laughs> it's a really useful tool for people like us who make mm. podcasts, or you guys who listen to podcasts. It's a brilliant listen. Uh, it's yeah, really, it's... it's really helped us out on a few occasions. Um, but thank you, her, Rihanna, for coming on. Thank you so much. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And uh, go check out everything she does. She is brilliant. I've got anything else to say, Rich. Solely, I don't know really what's going on. I've just come back from having COVID, and I feel like I'm a little <laughs> bit out of it. Oh, no, no. I think you've done well, mate. You've done well. It's been a lovely first episode. Yeah, I'm so bad, glad to be back into it now. There are going to be 12 episodes of these bad boys. So strap in. All coming sequels on the Another Sly stuff. Plus, we're to carry on with our extras on Friday, our box deck yeah. mentality on another slice and our disenfranchised on another slice so lots of stuff coming up over the next few months you are gonna be sick of us really sick of you us. get so much of us you know if you're another another slice subscriber we've, you've got us coming out your yeah. ears if this is the first time you listen to us go and listen to the rest it's great uh i've got nothing else to say rich can i ask to say nope it is a uh, it's it's, uh, it's a bye 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 from me and it's a it's a bye from him bye see you on the next one sequel to this one Bye-bye. Well, I think we've done all right for the first one, mate. One out of the way. Stumbly. <laughs> I hope people enjoy it. You don't sound too COVID-y, so that's... No, I think it was just hay fever today. Mm. I just... Every hole in me seems to be blocked. Okay, that came out wrong. Not every hole in me seems to be blocked. <laughs> Ears and nose. Ears and nose. <laughs> Let's leave on that.